Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Ahoy there, Marley mates. Welcome back to the program. It's uh, It hasn't been a while for you, but it's been a while for me. I know that uh, these are released week to week, and I usually will record a few episodes in advance just to kind of get ahead of the game because I want to keep new content fresh and exciting so that when you uh, come back week to week, it's there waiting for you. So here it is as I'm recording right now, late July, 27 July to be precise, and it is hot. Yes, it is hotter than the devil's beanbag right now. Hell, in the words of Otis Driftwood, boy, I bet you'd stick your head in a fire if I told you you could see hell. Meanwhile, you're too stupid to realize you got a demon sticking out your ass singing, holy miss moly, got me a live one. Come on in, that was good. All right, so a little house of a thousand corpses for you. Not to give any indication as to what this week's episode is about. Just recently watched it again because it's what you do. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw it in there because it is it is a warm one. And given that my apartment has no air conditioning and I like to rock out with windows open and fans on in order to record to get a little bit of a decent, a little bit better sound quality, I, I turn them all off and try to make the place as quiet as possible. So... I'm just going to sit here and sweat as we talk through some stuff and things. But I hope everybody's doing well, having a good summer. By the time you hear this, though, uh, summer will be an afterthought. Summer will be in the rearview mirror. And that is just fine with me because you know what comes up after summer? The greatest, most wonderful time of year. That's right. Autumn. And uh, my favorite color is fall, by the way. I sure do love it. And uh, we did a live... Facebook Live a couple weeks ago about the Groundbreaker, last week I guess it was rather, and uh, yeah, it's fun to make Halloween props. I got more ideas, just don't necessarily have the time, so I've got lots of ideas all the time, plenty of stuff, and when it comes to the stuff that we talk about, I, uh, I realize that a lot of the stuff I've had on the show is stuff that I've done recently. I've got so much stuff in storage. I just, I really, what I need to do is commit to making time to going over there, going through stuff, hauling it out, and kind of reorganizing things so I can talk about some of that stuff too. I've got photographs of all my work, um, 
as I as I finish a piece, I'll take it so I can get the information off of it in terms of a date timestamp and things like that and and kind of have it to, to look at from the picture. But I'd rather just talk to you with it right in front of me. Like every time I, I have a piece, it's right here sitting next to me so that I can kind of look at it and describe it from top to bottom, left to right. But I can't get the dimensions off of a photograph. And so I would like to provide you with as much information as possible because I want to be thorough and I want to you to have like the, a better picture of what the images are. So that's, that's my uh, commitment to you. I want to do that at, at any point that I can. But today uh, we're actually going to do a two-part episode. This is part one of, uh, I'm going to call it the Cartoon Influence Extravaganza, part one. And I'll go into a little bit of detail about that. This episode is going to be two pieces. The following episode is going to be two pieces. But just like that classic television of yesteryear, you're going to have to wait till the next week in order to tune in. So I don't know if I'll leave with a cliffhanger, but maybe I will. We'll see how the uh, how the mood strikes. But yeah, this uh, we'll talk about um, the cartoon influence. And as I mentioned way back on the pilot, I started by drawing, by simply just kind of recreating and drawing television and, and cartoon characters. It was mostly stuff like Elf, Thundercats, The Simpsons eventually, etc. Uh, I later went on to do things like Ninja Turtles, Looney Tunes, all sorts of different characters. And I've, I've always loved cartoons. And honestly, I would still much rather watch cartoons than the news or any sort of adult programming. Because that's just... That's that's the level that I'm on. But um, I think a lot of it had to do with my grandfather. And growing up, as far back as I can remember, um, all the way up until the end, a day did not go by that he wasn't watching cartoons. He loved Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, uh, Hanna-Barbera, Scooby. Like, I mean, I, I get that a lot of those are Hanna-Barbera, but like he just, that was his deal. He absolutely loved that. And... All of us grandkids had nicknames. We all had uh, something that was relevant and specific to us. And me being the oldest and the firstborn, I was the, the first one assigned with the, uh, the nickname Taz after the distinguished Tasmanian devil. And I'm sure that my behavior as a little guy may or may not have had anything to do with that. But um, yeah, so uh, I've started this program and I've been talking through things. And up until recently, like, there were just things that I remembered, but I never really had fully kind of talked a whole lot about. And it has me reminiscing a lot, and doing so obviously gets to be pretty nostalgic. And and I love nostalgia. Anyone who knows me knows that I am so into things that remind me of younger days, simpler times, and just goodness that takes me back to to events that are tied to these types of memories. And... I think part of that is why I'm such a huge action figure collector because it just it takes me back. And like while I over the years like I've I've parted with and then I've gone back and like re, had to recollect and re rebuy much of my uh, ridiculous collection. But one thing that I never got rid of was my original Star Wars toys. And like I can vividly remember getting so many figures and vehicles as gifts or like buying them at the store, like going to Kmart. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a thing. And 
and I still have those original ones that I had received as a child. But I didn't really mention it in previous shows. But like I said, talking through a lot of this stuff and, and combing through memories and, and remembering things, you know, kind of one at a time, I, I, I there was a period where I thought I was going to maybe try to become a cartoonist. Um, that was just something that didn't know, but I was, it was something that interested me. I was, I was curious, but in high school, I once, I had taken like a night class, um, for, it was like a, I don't know, a couple months or something in, in the evenings for cartooning. And it was cool. And it was, it was, it was a good experience. I enjoyed it, but it never really went much more beyond that really. This pair of episodes are going to talk about a variety of recent work that in a way kind of reconnects with the roots that I, I kind of started with, with having cartoons and, and cartoon-like characters um, as, as kind of that initial subject of how I got into drawing in the first place. And it kind of reconnects with those roots and, and brings it into the, into the present in a somewhat different style, but influenced and inspired by my beginnings. And so I also still, I mean, I, I have a number of other pieces that are ongoing and in progress in the same style, but um, this one right now, I just, I've, I've started to kind of collect these a little bit and I want to, I want to document them. So these are, uh, are based on upcycled thrift shop art, but obviously that's nothing new for this program and something we've done plenty of times and talked about before. Slightly different though, these are all canvas prints of images, uh, whether it's photography or just kind of like that mass-produced kind of canvas art. But I, I got them all at thrift shops. And what I did next was I simply drew cartoon characters, uh, a character or characters on top of them, over them, and then painted over that print on the drawing and with the exception of one, I didn't alter the background, rather just added the character. So totally out of place, just plopped it right into it, uh, done in traditional, simple, animated style. Most were just going back to those days of drawing again. Of course, I mostly work with acrylic paint now, but it's nice to draw. I mean, each one of these required drawing and then painting and then, you know, layer after layer. So I would draw before, paint, draw after, uh, paint during, draw during. And so that's that's kind of the fun of mixed media. And so this is what we've got. Mixed media is fun like that. Um, so yeah, that's the deal. I'm not sure which piece I want to start with today because I, I really like both of these and I like them for different reasons. But they're these are pretty cool to me. I enjoy working on them. I love looking at them. Very simple, but I love the colors and I love... Um, what they represent. So I think I'll just go, eh, whatever. They're, all right. The first one is called Kodos or Kang. And I think that pretty much speaks for itself. If anybody listening is a fan of the Simpsons. And this is basically a piece that I put one of those famous alien creatures from the Simpsons right smack dab in the middle of the entire piece. And so it's a 16 by 20 canvas print. The print itself, I, I feel like it's probably some type of a, a foreign place. I, I see it as like an Italian countryside. I'm not really sure. I've been to so many foreign ports that like it just 
that's what it resembles to me. Who knows? It could be in our backyard for, for all I know. There's not any information about it, but it has very classic architecture and like a terracotta stucco finish with like a cobblestone path. It just looks like a, a back alleyway that leads to a very scenic, you know, countryside, what have you. Could be somebody's actual vacation photograph that they had put on canvas. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't make any difference. But the the perspective of the piece shows like this alleyway, and it kind of has the buildings kind of going off into the into the middle into the distance, and so it, it offers a nice like centered look. And when I saw it, like. I didn't have anything in mind other than to do something of this nature. And what I wanted to do was continue to work this, this animation piece. And I did a few others, like we talked about previously with the Adventure Time. I did a couple different pieces like that. And I really enjoyed doing that, so I wanted to do some more. And wanted to use some fairly non-traditional characters or things that you wouldn't see a ton of. And so when it came to The Simpsons... I mean, obviously, you've got a, a whole wide scope of different characters that could be utilized, but these guys are great. I love uh, Kodos and Kang because you see them a lot, especially in the, the annual uh, Treehouse of Horror Halloween specials that happen every year. They almost always make an appearance in those, and, and it's just, they're, they're money. They're, they're so funny. They're just, you know, ridiculous and, and super just over-the-top aliens and and if we ever do get invaded by aliens which hopefully it won't be too much longer uh that'd be really cool if they resembled these guys but i'll describe the piece i'll describe the character itself and basically these guys are just giant alien cyclops green slobbery inside this dome-like contraption they have tentacles uh, i keep saying they because you pick. It's either one, one or the other. They, they're indistinguishable. And so it's right in the middle of the piece. Um, great big eye, center mass, great big mouth wide open, sharp teeth, drool. I used a lot of different, a uh, couple different shades of green, uh, a primary, just a, just a very basic green for the, the main foundation. And then I did a lot of highlighting edge work with a very light green or like a, almost like a lime green. The teeth themselves have mostly white, but also cream colors. And so what I like to do with this animation style is when you look at it, you know, first glance, it seems like it's all just kind of color book. It almost seems like, you know, I drew it in Sharpie and then I just colored it in. But then when you look closer, you'll notice that there's all sorts of additional detail work with various colors, with shading and, and what have you. And so the eye, especially, you'll see that it's mostly white. But then on the interior, there's a great big, almost cream color section. And then the pupil is red, but around that is trimmed in black, Sharpie. And then just inside that, you've got just a slight pink line. And then on the other side of the eyeball, you've got three different shades of blue, just kind of adding some extra detail. And so there's pieces like that and details like that all throughout. The, the creature itself is surrounded by this clear dome, which around the neck of the creature has elements of silver, gray, reds, blues. And then the, the dome itself 
to represent that it's not only transparent, but made of glass or, or what have you, I've got embellishments of what look like some sort of highlighting or, or some, some glare with, with blacks and light blues and whites and silvers. And so it, it gives that impression as if it's contained within a, a glass feature. It has one, two, three, four, five, six ten tentacles, six tentacles. And of course I have to utilize the, the classic dots that I always love. And um, there are a handful around the mouth in that kind of mid region. But I think I did this piece from start to finish in like one shot because I just, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. It all came together really very quickly and very easily. It was almost like too easy. Um, it was one of these things where I just went for it. I, if I'm gonna use Sharpie on a piece, I'm not typically gonna draw it in pencil first. I just went straight to it and sketched it out. I, I drew where the lines were gonna be and it kind of all came together. I just simply referenced a, an image on my phone and went to town. And then once I was satisfied with the initial drawing, then I started to paint. And then I continued to add details and so forth. And then when I was all set with the paint, I went back over it with, uh, with more Sharpie and other additional uh, paint markers to, to add the embellishments and the details. And it was, uh, it all came together. So I finished this piece on 7 May of 23. So not that long ago. And, uh, like I said, it's pretty good size. Like it's, it's 16 by 20. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it came together and it was like really probably my favorite of all the pieces that I've done in this style so far, but it was just one of those things that it just, it just clicked. And I, I love it when a plan comes together. The second piece today is titled Frankenberry. And I think you know what I'm saying here because among the coolest of cool uh, breakfast cereal characters is most notably in the good graces and good company uh, with Booberry and Count Chocula and uh, some of his other pals that um, he is uh, among my favorite. I absolutely love this cereal. Uh, I love uh, the character, the creepiness behind it. And so even though, yes, he's a cartoon character that graces a cereal box, he uh, has been in animated form, of course, for commercials, makes his appearance uh, every so often, not like a groundhog, but even cooler, because he'll show up in the most uh, random of times, not so much, more so around the greatest time of year. Yep, he's that guy, Frankenberry. So I did him on a an upcycled canvas. Dimensions are seven by 18. And it was a very interesting, kind of more of a slim fit, uh, slim, mass-produced canvas art. And with it, it was, it was kind of like a, a New York City skyline. I think it's mostly just like a focus on the Empire State Building. But then it also had some just like different patterns of um, just different prints and patterns just to kind of like create this somewhat of a 
like a very earthy toned vibe, like lots of creams and browns. And they had these other embellishment pieces. They're like plastic. There was one, it looked like a plastic frame around what resembled a, a postage stamp. And then another that was just kind of like a, a strip across it. And so I added, uh, well, what I did was I removed those pieces and then I added, I drew Frankenberry on top of it. And basically added what looks like him, but also I've reattached those embellishments. So I'll go into detail as far as like he himself, like he's mostly shades of pink and purples. And he has um, all the regular features of the classic character. And I know a lot of times on the on the boxes over the years, they've they've kind of played around with a little artistic license. In some some years, he's more modernized. Some years, he's more kind of like a, the classic style. And so it, it it varies from year to year. But I, I did it very much in the classic style. And he's just standing there. He's got that kind of that dull expression on his face. Classic eyes, kind of eyelids halfway down. He's got his finger up. And his nails are obviously like the little strawberries, just like um, for his fingernails. It's just super cool, super classic. The original embellishment had a piece that was just like plastic, kind of just textured detail thing that uh, was originally across kind of the middle of the piece. So I took that off. And when I did, I kind of, it was very flimsy plastic and I broke it. And it wasn't intentional. I just broke it as I was taking it off. And it it works because what I did was I, I added some like kind of green slime behind it. And then I added it back onto it in the broken pieces and kind of added some of the, the green texture onto the piece itself. And then with the other piece, what was kind of a smaller frame that had what looked like a, a postage stamp in it. I painted a tiny little portrait of Booberry, and it's uh, it's kind of cool. He's just kind of down there hanging out, but there's no rhyme or reason to it. I just kind of put it back on there, but in, in different layouts. And it was important to me to, to kind of like tie that in, have those things on there, but keep it as simple and as classic as possible. So uh, all the, the classic embellishments are there. And like I said, it was different shades of of pinks but there's purples and then he's got like the classic chain suspenders and he's got the the you know the rivets around the eyes and it's just it's fun and it's it's classic frankenberry and and i really love it i finished this piece on 23 june uh if i didn't say the dimensions already it's seven by 18 and i worked on this over the couple of days um uh, probably I think I started it and then I went out of town and then I came back and finished it up. Uh, I drew it with Sharpie, of course, and painted it, went back over it with Sharpie, added some paint pen. So there are some whites in the mix. There are some reds. And again, just like the other piece, you look at it kind of from that first glance, you just see pink. 
right? And obviously, if it was all one color pink, it wouldn't look as it does. But the more you look at it, the closer you get, you can see all the detail. You can see the different areas where the line work kind of highlights and, and, and uh, shades some other areas with some purples in the mix and those reds and those, those whites. And so um, it's just simple. It's very, it's very simple, but like the way the, the pinks and the brightness of the green and the different colors that I use to paint over top of the canvas really adds a, a very um, contrasting type appearance against the other colors that were very kind of flat and earthy and just not bright. They were just, just kind of browns and creams and kind of boring and lame. And so um, it got to be a, a pretty cool, fun thing to work on. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Looking at them side by side, like they're, they look like they go together because the color schemes are very similar in terms of the backgrounds, but then the characters themselves look like they could fit. It almost looks like that green slime almost looks like, uh, you know, Kang or Kodos may have just left a little uh, reminder that they were there. I don't know, but they, they work and they, they don't, they shouldn't work, but they do. Hey, Marley mates. What's that you ask? Where can I get my official Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast merch? Well, I'll tell you, head on over to Spreadshirt.com and you can find a whole plethora of different things. We got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, coffee mugs, you name it. So you can rock out with your gear on. What did you think I was going to say? Go on over, show some love, and uh, sport your podcast gear like a boss. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramones Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.